I need to do a little housework with you this morning. We have VBS coming up soon, and uh, Miss Lee has put a lot of work and effort into it. And uh, we have a live registration uh, via the website, via the Facebook, um, and we need to we need to get a few more kids lined up now. I believe we can have at least 50 kids joining us for Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday, and then lunch on that Sunday. But we need your help. So I'd like for you, even now, if you need to put a reminder in your phone or if God is bringing some kids to your memory uh, that need to be here, uh, this we want to invest in kids. Uh, when children come to know the Lord, uh, it's, it's likely that they will follow him the rest of their lives when they, when they meet Christ as a child. So... Uh, would you just take a moment now and uh, write down some names or um, next uh, this coming Wednesday night we're going to have uh, some of our teens are going to help put out some flyers in the neighborhood uh, and apartment complexes and so forth but uh, we need your help okay and help spreading the word you can send a text you can send a call um, and uh, share that link on Facebook and uh, let's have a let's have a good group of kids here. All right. See some of you taking it to heart and getting those names down. Uh, maybe it's a neighbor could. Maybe God will reveal somebody to you this week. Just be open. And uh, we uh, we want to participate in missions in Monroe. We want to participate with Charles and Amber across the sea in Istanbul. But we want to do missions right here. And uh, there's some kids that need Jesus, and likely kids that are the conduit to their families is the is the channel that god will reach their families so thank you so much kids come and uh, miss laney will be leading you this morning thank you laney for leading got a few traveling this week still so lord jesus thank you for our kids and i pray that you just anoint laney as she shares may it be a wonderful time because if your presence with her and with them and may they follow you all the days of our life we pray for those who will believe god those kids that we will connect with uh over the next few weeks and that will give their lives to you uh during the time as, as we study you and your word in jesus name we pray amen amen I need that uh, first slide, if you don't mind, this morning. I need you to help me with what, what is this? What is it? An apple? Those of you that are listening, perhaps uh, on the website, if you want to Google the picture that we're looking at, it's by Rene Magritte. I think he was a Belgian painter. But the title of the painting is, This is Not an Apple. (laughs) It looks like an apple. It has the characteristics of an apple. But I can't walk up and take a big bite out of it because it is only an image of an apple. This is not an apple. (laughs) We're studying Imago Dei, the image of God. Wayne Grudem says it would be good for us to reflect on our likeness to God more often. 
It would probably amaze us to realize when the creator of the universe wanted to create something in his image, something more like himself than the rest of creation, he made us. This realization will give us a profound sense of dignity and significance as we reflect on the excellence of the rest of God's creation. Don't you love God's creation, the story universe, the, the stars in the sky, the abundant earth, the world of plants, the animals, the angelic kingdom. All of that is remarkable, magnificent. But we are more like our creator than any of these things. We are the culmination of God's infinitely wise and skillful work of creation. Those of you that were here last week, I want to ask you, how well did you do this week reflecting God? Not all of you testify at one time. (laughs) I made the confession last week that too often in my own spiritual walk and as a leader, I have focused too much on Genesis 3 and beginning the story of all have sinned and come short of the glory of God with the sin problem. It would be better for us to build our faith, to build our foundation, our theology on Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It would be good for you and I to study Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and see the world as God intended it to be. We're counting the days to Pentecost, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. The coming of the Holy Spirit. And I believe as we give our lives to Christ and salvation, He forgives us of our sins and then He cleanses us and we have the fullness of the Spirit. That is the closest thing to this Garden of Eden experience with God. God in His fullness, Christ living in me and empowering me to live a life of victory above sin. Living the holy life. We've had some discussions, especially through our Roman study, about what is the holy life. We talked about the definition of holy last week. We said it's more than just being set apart. I could have uh, some cookies and I could set them apart because I don't want you to have them. It's more than just being set apart. It's more than just moral purity. There's two words in the New Testament that are often translated with the word holiness. One of them means being holy. And it is most often associated with God. There is one that is holy. Only thou art holy. But the other words is is referred to as holiness is becoming holy. That's everything else besides God. Has the potential of being holyized or becoming holy. We use the Latin term sanctus or sanctify. And so we are asking God and created in His image to be a reflection of Him. Lord, holyize us or sanctify us. Set us apart for a holy use. We said something is holy only if it points to Or reflects God. Or is used in service to God. Talked about the sun and the moon. The moon. Is it shining brightly? Or is the moon simply reflecting the image of the sun? Only the sun is holy. Only God is holy. But He chooses to reflect Himself through you and through me. 
It's not about us. It's about him. If the focus and attention of our life is on me, it's not holy. The focus and the attention has got to be on him and my life reflecting him and his glory. We said last week there's some things God does. God creates. God brings order. He takes the chaos and he brings order. God empowers and shares. He allows man to participate, name the animals, and, and, and work with him in the creation. And then we also said that God rests. Genesis one twenty seven is our theme verse for these messages. Why don't you just read it with me this morning? So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I want you to look at chapter 2 with me this morning. If you have your Bibles, open it. And I'll have a couple of the verses on the screen. But I'd love for you to follow along as we read chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, set it apart for a holy use. It is set apart for us to be pointed to God, to reflect God. It's the last thing that he made. He made rest. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord made the heavens and the earth, before any plant of the field was in the earth and any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord... God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. Literally, like molding clay. (laughs) Takes some dust, and he forms man. Look Look at your neighbor and say, You're made of dirt. Isn't that, isn't that affirming this morning, just to look at your neighbor and to know that, that you are formed of the dust of the ground? Can I, I got some news for you. One day, this old body, this old tent will go back to dust. He formed man out of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Your very breath today is a reflection of God's breath. Every breath that we take, believer and non-believer alike, is giving glory and testimony to the very breath of God. Breath and spirit, the same thing. And The Lord formed man out of the dust and breathed into his nostrils. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pison, which is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bethlehem and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion, which is the one that goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hedekel. It's the one that goes towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. 
Mesopotamia, the, the area there just east of the, of the Holy Land that we know it today. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. God did not create robots. He created human beings in His own image, and He gave them the ability to obey and disobey. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Now, if you remember back to last week as we read chapter 1, He would create something, created the heavens, the earth. He said, it is good. He created night and day. He said, it's good. He created the animals. He said, it's good. He created the trees and the plants. He says, it's good. Now he says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So, I mean, I should have said this earlier. Chapter 1 gives us a summary of what happened. Chapter 2 has given us the details, particularly now of what's happened on day 6 of creation. He brought the animals, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field for But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So all the ants and caterpillars and all the apes and everything came through and and none of them were a suitable helper for this highest creation that God had formed and created and breathed life into. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Both man and woman, very similar in the Hebrew, in the the pronunciation. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife And they shall become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Can I tell you this morning, at the end of chapter 2, all is well. (laughs) All is as God intended it. There is no sin. There is no defect. It is As it should be. I I don't know what your picture of the Garden of Eden is. And it's not necessarily vacation all the time. There's work here. And Adam has a job to do. He's naming the animals. He's having... But it's, it's functioning as it is intended to be. All is well. I want you to get this this morning. Human beings were created... To reflect God. That's your first blank there. To reflect God. That is their unique characteristic. They bear the image of God. It's not God. (laughs) It's not an app. But it is 
a likeness. It is an image of God. I hear people say, well, I'm human. I'm going to sin. We're human. We're going to sin. I've been challenged on that. <laughs> it's a little more accurate to say, we actually sin because we're not human enough. Are you with me? Is human beings created in the likeness of God? Sin is the one that caused the disruption. If we could get back to the place of the Garden of Eden in that close fellowship and relationship with God, all as it is intended to be in close proximity and intimacy with God Himself, all can be at well. All can be well. He it says, we, let us create man in our likeness. It's like walking up in, to the mirror and seeing God in the mirror. <laughs> That'd be a good assignment for us this week. Every time do I look in the mirror, do I see God? Do I see a reflection or an image of God Himself? As we think about all as it intended to be around a holiness church, you will sometimes hear the term Christian perfection. John Wesley loved to use this term, Christian perfection. You say, well, I'm not perfect. <laughs> what did he mean by that? What, finished, accomplished. When I've given my all to God, does it mean that I'm done? I grew up in some training that Tended to teach that way when we got sanctified that the work was finished and, and we, were, we were just done. <laughs> but that's not the case. It is in the process of becoming holy. <laughs> He's holy eyes in us. He's sanctifying us. I thank God for these godly ladies that are the matriarchs of our church. Crystal, Cindy, Carol, Janice. I praise God for your influence on all of our lives. But they are not... They are not glorified yet God if every one of them would testify God's still working on me he's still making me more like him can I tell you this morning the good can get better the Christ-like can become more Christ-like see if I can simply show you an illustration this morning This water balloon is full. It's filled. Relax, I'm not going to throw it. Are you, do, do you agree? It's, it's filled. But it can be more filled. It can get fuller. The good can get better as we allow God to continue to work in our life and help us understand him more and reflect him more. Some of you have been my friends for a long time, known you for several years. 
But as we continue in friendship, that friendship gets deeper. Carmen and I have been married for 26 years this summer. We were just as married on July 10th, 1993, as we are today. But the relationship, three kids later, life experiences later, it's more married. Just as legally still married. Are you with me this morning? And so that relationship with God, it is intended to be deepening and becoming more holy. You and I are made for relationships. That's another blank for you there. We're made for relationships. Becoming more like Him in the relationships that we hold. Genesis 1 and 2, we see relationship. We see the relationship of the Trinity. It says there, let us make man in our image. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, it is not good for man to be alone. There's relationships are part of God's intention. He is a relational God. And He wants a relationship with us. Jesus in His own life was highly relational. He didn't go around building big churches. He went around spending a lot of time with people. He spent a lot of time with people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, his friend. He spent a lot of time with his 12 disciples. They traveled with him, especially Peter, James, and John. Jesus was highly relational, and we want to be like Jesus. Relationships are built into our DNA as we are created in the image of God and reflecting the image of God. This morning I'm trying to give you a picture of holiness and humanity and how humanity was intended to operate. Humanity was intended to operate in a relational form. Jesus, as he was on the cross, remember we had a word of relationship. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He was huge on relationships and holiness and thinking about our relationships. I give you Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We've got to be in our relationship with God. It cannot be all perfect here and yet be at odds with our brother and our sister. Can't have it both ways. God does a work in us as He is making us more holy, as He's holy eyes in us, as He's sanctifying us, as we are giving Him our relationships. It's a reflection of Him when they're operating as they should. I didn't read chapter 3, but to understand chapter 2, it helps us to look at what happens in in chapter 3 as they take of the fruit that they were forbidden to to, to eat and they take it. That's in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. It says that they went and they, they attached fig leaves around their bodies. They went and hid themselves and, and sowed fig leaves. Say, well, they were hiding from God. That actually comes a couple of verses later when God's voice comes. So the first place we see a disruption in a relationship is man to woman. Once sin entered, the first place it disrupted, it was in the place of relationships. 
Friends, we need each other. It was intended. It's not good for man to be alone. We were intended for relationship. It's hard to be human by ourselves. See, God is holy and God is loving. It's a dynamic relationship. And it is our birthright. It's built in the very DNA of our heart to reflect God and to be in relationship with God and other people. We are dust plus breath. Valuable creation of God. As I was studying chapter 2 and... and the Lord just brought me back here to, to the verse where it talks about Adam's side and his rib. So, so God causes Adam to go to sleep. And he takes something from his side. He takes this rib. Bone and flesh may both be implied in the blood that would have been necessarily flowed from the open side. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Genesis 9, 4 and Leviticus 17, 11 says this. And a primeval blood transfusion would more perfectly fit the event as a type of the open side of Christ on the cross. So get this picture here. Now, the first messianic promise comes in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. But... And I, I always have said that. The first messianic promise soon after sin. But even before that, we at least get an insight. We at least get a picture of what God wants to do. And so from Adam's side, first Adam, woman is formed. Second Adam, Jesus Christ laid down his life as he went to sleep on the cross. From his pierced side gives birth. To the body of Christ, to the bride of Christ, to the church. I think that's beautiful symbolism, even from Genesis chapter 2. One flesh. In relationship with a holy God, we are becoming holy. Let me talk about the importance of one flesh. Paul confirmed it in Ephesians chapter 5. The Lord Jesus Christ confirmed it in Matthew chapter 19 and in Matthew 10. So he, he said, Adam says, this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. So God formed them from one flesh. And this is symbolic of the, of the marriage relationship and sexual intimacy of one flesh. And people across decades have tried to tried to color outside of that and corrupted that. And, and, but on the authority of the Word of God, this is God's divine institution. And so, even though man has tried to corrupt it through adultery, through polygamy, through homosexuality, from the beginning it was not so. In the beginning, God created male and female. He created them and He caused them to be one flesh. I will not apologize for the Word of God. And so much confusion in our world today is because we have deviated from the Word of God in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. The institution of the home, that's your next blank, the institution of the home is the first and most basic human institution intended to be monogamous and permanent until death. Even in cultures that 
do not claim Christ. There's a, there's a monogamy that, that is just built into the DNA. Male and female, he created the animals. Male and female, he created man. And he created in us in our likeness. And even this area of our lives of one flesh should reflect and point people to God. It should reflect the holiness of God. As I began to think about that, I said, oh God, that's why the enemy is attacking our home so intensely. Is because this is the power right here in the basic institution. The building block of all society is in Genesis 2. And the holiness of the home. God help us. To plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our home. To pray that our homes will be sanctuaries of the presence of God. Don't deviate from the Word of God and all that God intended it to be in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. I serve as a missionary to the state capitol. And it is because we are focusing on, on the family. We are trying to champion. This is what God intended. Thus saith the Lord. And even so more as we see society is, as it's been challenged all throughout time. Even so more let us press in to say... God, let us live in such a way that my home points others to God, reflects God, and is used in service to God. See, Pastor, this Christian perfection, this holy life, we even had this discussion. What happens when I mess up? What happens when I sin? I gave the illustration of reacting ungodly and unchristlike to my children one day. And what was that about? Was I no longer entirely sanctified at that time? The Lord opened up my understanding through the through the smartphone and the and the operating system and and revealed to me that no I was still sanctified but I had too many apps open. The operating system was not operating as it should be. So close out some of the apps. <laughs> In the smartphone, you, you get version updates. I think that's where the, the balloon gets fuller. As we come to those areas of our lives that God wants to make us more holy, then we submit to the version updates and allow the original designer to continue to make us more like Him. Someone said, well, what happens if there's adultery? That person out of, out of relationship with God. In, in, in the marriage relationship, there's, there's an act of adultery. It depends on what happens next. Are, are the, is the couple still legally married? Yes. Is there a disruption in the relationship? Yes. <laughs> but what happens next is... Are we going to submit to the leadership of God? Will there be a work of forgiveness? Will there be a work of, of reconciliation? It depends on what happens next. Whether they are to continue in the faith and becoming more holy or not. Are you with me? We walk through a fallen world. I cannot, I cannot 
reverse Genesis chapter 3. We live in a fallen world. But Jesus Christ has done everything in His power to make it possible for us to be restored in relationship with God. And you can bear the image of God in a dark world. You can reflect God. I can point others to Jesus. My life can be holy. He used in service to God to reflect and point others to Jesus. It's not an apple. It's not God. But it reflects God. A surgeon's scalpel is designed for good. It's designed to do a good work. Can it be used for bad? Yes. Someone could use it as a weapon, and it can a good thing can become a bad thing, but it is designed to do a good thing and to bring life. We are designed as good. We are designed as a reflection of God. But as we begin to look at chapter 3, sin has caused a disruption in the relationship. It causes us to be a bad or a poor reflection of Him. When sin disrupts things, we find ourselves reflecting ourselves versus reflecting God. If I was to give you a definition of sin, a transgression of the law of God... But sin and evil, as one theologian began to unpack this, he says it's best understood as shadows. Sin is not a tangible thing, but it's, it's a shadow. It exists in relation, it only exists in relation to real things. The best way to look at sin is as a relational disruption. Sin disrupted the created order. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3 shows us how we got from a world where everything is good to one that is full of sin. And so sin results from a distorted view of the world and a misguided view of ourselves. That's why I want you to live in Genesis 1 and chapter 2. Because I want you to understand that you and I are created to reflect the very image of God. That's what you were designed to do. Sin results in this relational disruption between humans and each other. Between humans and God and between humans and God's creative order. I mean, we see that in that first taking the fig leaves, but also in their family's life. Genesis chapter 4 will reveal murder of one brother killing his, his, his brother. And he asks the question, am I my brother's keeper? Implying, yes, you are. <laughs> We are made to be in relationship with each other and looking out for each other. Some people say, I don't need the church. I'm just going to live on an island by myself. I'm going to say, you were created for relationship and we need one another. I told one brother this morning, he was concerned about one. Sometimes when we rub up against each other, that's just a little polishing work that happens. And God is using us to make both of us more like Him. Sin causes a disruption in those relationships. God's response to the problem of sin is one primarily of redemption, not judgment. Aren't you glad? Yes, yeah, sure, God, He will judge sin, but the whole story from Genesis to Revelation is one of redemption. 
and doing everything in His power to bring us back to that relationship and to fellowship with Him. Where relationships are disrupted, God creates the conditions for reconciliation. And He has given to me and to you the ministry of reconciliation. You reflect the image of God. That's why Ben's on a reconciliation mission. (laughs) Sin is disrupted and is causing lies in so many people's lives. But but we, a reflection of God, an image of God, a mirror of God, calling people, my life conducted in such a way that it points people to God. It reflects God. It is used in service to God. not going to read all of 1 John chapter 4, but it's powerful. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. He basically says, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. And he, does, he who does not his, love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God. I hope you've gotten the message this morning. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You're created for relationship. Holiness and humanity in a relationship and fellowship with God and with one another. So as I close this message this morning, I just want to ask you to apply it to your own life. I want you to recognize your value this morning. You are created in the very image of God, the highest of all creations. There is value and purpose on every one of your lives. And then you might evaluate, and I might evaluate, where is sin causing a disruption? Where is there a break in the relationship? Is it your view of yourself? Is it your relationship with God? Or maybe it's in a relationship with others where sin has caused the disruption. Spirit of the living God, we're created in your image. This morning we are submitting ourselves to you as we turn the searchlights on our own soul this morning. Would you help us understand how we're reflecting you? Just ask yourself, am I reflecting God or am I reflecting myself? My family, my community, the people I work with, do they see God when they look at me or do they see me? I don't know exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, but He's been talking to me all week. and I want to submit myself to Him. As Adam's life was laid down and life was given out of his side, I want, I want to lay my life down. Husbands, I think this is a beautiful analogy for us to, to lay down our lives and, and for God to give life through, through us. Too often I forget exactly what God wants to do in my family because of my sacrificial, my sacrificial love. God, I need your help today. Would you stand with me this morning? If the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, I'd love to pray with you. 
and say, Pastor, I just I need to be reminded of how I valuable I am in God, or maybe maybe sin has caused a disruption in, in your relationship with God or with one another, and you just want to bring that to the altar this morning. As they sing, I'm just going to open the altar and let's pray together this morning. of your heart this morning. clay be moist he is the potter we are the clay we submit ourselves to the potter's will to form us to shape us sometimes he puts us into the fire to burn out all the impurities 
May when the product comes out, it reflect His very image. Sometimes He He has to reshape us, remold us for the purposes. But if it's in, if it's holyized, if it's sanctified, if it's consecrated in the service to the Lord, He can do whatever He wants. Maybe He wants you to be a pitcher instead of a bowl. He, he remanufactures us. He reshapes us. But all so that we can point to Him, reflect Him, and be used in His service. Lord, I pray a prayer, a blessing over every soul that is here. There is value. There is purpose. God, we're not here just to go through another day. Not here just to go through another weekend. We have encountered the Word of God. We have encountered truth today. So illuminate our hearts and our minds, God. And I pray that, Lord, I'm just going to testify for myself. I need your help. God, I, I need to become more like you. I need you, Lord. I need you. So, Lord, would you... Would you shape me? Would you transform me? Would you conform me, God, to your will, to your way? God, I pray over every home represented here today. Make it a sanctuary of the presence of God. Lord, bless every dad. Bless every mom. Bless every child, every teenager. Every grandpa, every grandma. Lord, there is there is purposes in every stage of our life, God. You have plans and purposes. Bless those that pray. Bless those that give. Bless those that witness. Bless those that testify. God, I'm praying over this, this message as it will be delivered again to oceans today. And some people, Lord, they feel like they're just a lump of clay and they've messed up. But God, bring hope today to the hopeless. Bring encouragement to them today. Let them be transformed by the power of the gospel as we see you in Genesis 1 and we see you in Genesis 2. We the created honor you, our creator today. And we bless you and glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you love on your fellow human beings? You were made for a relationship with them. Tell them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them.